The following is an archive podcast presented by the Branson and Hudson Foundation for Podcast Recovery. This podcast is entitled E1 Live. It is the first and only episode of the podcast. Welcome to episode one. Tonight we are going to have some readings of poetry. It's not a dance club, you don't have to be that loud. We have four wonderful poets. I'm one of them. My name is Joseph Rogan, no relation. I'd like everyone to give a small, quiet, respectful, and non-threatening round of applause to my good friend, my best friend, and my arch rival. Please welcome Jerome Doropois. Hey. It's a great audience, right, Jerome? Sure. Fucking do it. They came. All right. Um, well, I'm going to offer you the first chance to um, read the first poem, and it'd be kind of. Well, no, I'm going to do it. What do you want? You, you said I could do the first one. They want good. They want to start it out solid. You're lucky you're even here tonight. All right, we're not doing this in front of everyone, all right? We're going to do yes, this like this. No, no, yes, we're not we doing that. We already did this fucking shit. We already did this fucking shit. When we had to go do this. All right, I'm going to read a poem for you really quick. Just have a seat. No, we had the wildflower tea, and we were talking about this. Have a seat. In the van. He's, he's, he's going to let me do it. All right, invite everybody else on stage first, because now it's going to be rude. They're just sitting there waiting. No, I'm going to do mine first, and then we'll call them up. Okay. Uh, this is, hold my mic for me while I start. Sorry. <clears throat> this poem's called, this poem's called Beat My Ass. I'm a newt, I'm a slug. I was born with a stomach ache. My head hurts, but my heart hurts worse. I'm falling into a well and I don't want to rescue. I want my head bounced off the pavement. I want to be whitewashed in the snow. Make me a fossil. Make my ass grass. Make me a coma. I want to slip on a patch of ice. I want to go for a cop service weapon. I want to get a loa loa worm in my brain. I want to be pelted with quarters. Not here. I want to be given an Indian burn that kills me. I want to forget that I can cry. Beat my ass. Just don't break my heart. 
you have any new poems for us? <laughs> I, just read, I just read it. All right, well, we got two guys, two wonderful poets. Uh, two guys, uh, two great guys. Um, we got... Uh, what are their names? You said you want to do it. What are their names? Uh, well, we have... Uh, why don't you say them? <laughs> I'd like to bring to the stage two wonderful poets. Put your mic down so I know you're not going to talk anymore. <laughs> I'd like to bring to the stage... Jürgen Atzilson. Thomas Kincaid Jr. Please come on stage, Ellen. I'll be right back. What an utterly humiliating evening. <laughs> Thank you for bringing me to your debauchery. I absolutely hate every second of this. I'd like to remind everyone that if you are drinking perhaps a strong strain of tea to waft it towards the windows. <laughs> some people can... Um, some people, including myself, suffer from a real disease called bitch stomach. <laughs> I guess we should, uh, we should all start getting into it. Um, Who would like to read the first poem, the first real poem? <clears throat> Thomas, would you please? Sure, happy to be here. Thomas Kincaid Jr., uh, Pitchfork.com, uh, Vice Media, Tiger Beat for Men. Um, you're probably familiar with my reviews, but a lot of people don't know that I'm also a poet, actually. Um, I mean, I became a poet recently. Um, I was on set, uh, you know, Joseph Rogan, no relation, good friend of mine. We were on set with um, our friend Harvey. He's a filmmaker. Um, <laughs> Uh, he's working on a new movie. It's sort of a comeback movie for him. It's uh, Paddington Bear 3. Uh, and I, I was talking to Joseph. I was talking to Harvey. And I was like, you guys are such amazing artists. Like, I, I wish I was an artist too. And then you were like, you said to me, this is something you said. You know what I'm going to say. But I said that a poem is just a feeling that you write down and make everyone hear, even if they want to or not. That's the thing you said, but then what I heard was that, nah, dude, your reviews are art. Like, you're an artist. When people read Pitchfork, they're like, this is, this is art. This is better than the album. Just read the poem. Who do you work for again? Just read the poem. Uh, Tiger Beat for Men. Um, <laughs> sweet cash, baby. All right. This uh, poem, is, it's... So I'm working on a chat book that's like a song-for-song song response to Migos Culture 2. Uh, I've only got one song, though. Or, and by song, I mean poem, but... This is called Another Side of Thomas Kincaid Jr. Oh, I thought this was like a solo show. Are we all... All right, this, all right, all right, all right. Here it is, here it is. Another Side of Thomas Kincaid Jr. This is, uh, so this is like a portrait of the artist. Okay. Jurgen flew here from whatever weird country he comes from. No all right. Way. The ones we reference when we talk about healthcare. All right? They're less... So, they're less worried about time over there, though. They're kind of just like in the swing of things. Do you know how long he's been up for waiting to read a poem for us? Four or five hours? My stomach hurts. I've been up for six unbearable hours. <laughs> I, was, I was forced to FaceTime my son. <laughs> Thoroughly tortuous day in a torturous life. It never seems to end. Every 24 hours makes up a bunch of little pebbles that turn into Sisyphus's boulder. <laughs> it crushes us all, it flattens us all, and we reinflate. We're hit by the bomb. The bomb makes us have blackface. <laughs> they argue if it's rabbit season or duck season. But every day since the beginning of time has been human season. I think we all need to take about five minutes of silence. And um, if you need to lay down, just lay down. You can, come, you can lay on the stage. I spent 18 hours a day laying down. Read your poem, please. All right, let's do it. Another side of Thomas Kincaid, Jr. 
This one's this one starts when I'm a baby. Wee wee, I'm a little baby. Wee, me born in the 1980s, but me not yet aware of the clash of seminal 1979 double LP London Calling or television's influential Marquee Moon released years prior. Wee wee. Okay, now I'm a child and I can talk a little bit more normal. Um, I turn on my Walkman, and I, like, I put the radio on my Walkman or whatever. Just, uh, With the lights out, it's just dangerous. Uh, I'm at a roller rink wearing a Yo! MTV Raps t-shirt that's like five sizes too big for me. Uh, I'm a wormy little preteen. Here we are now, entertain us. And uh, I'm watching MTV, and I say to my dad, Daddy, what is that instrument that Gavin Rossdale from the multi-platinum selling English rock band Bush is holding in his hands? And he's like, that's a guitar. And I say, wow, a very formative moment for me. Now imagine a little more time has passed and I'm at a blockbuster video with my dad. Daddy, why is that bleach blonde white rapper with a devil may care attitude sharing the cover of Rolling Stone with four foul-mouthed precocious elementary schoolers of the breakout animated sitcom South Park? Because it's the year 2000, son. And Tom Green, a hump of dead moose. Wow, now I have Kaza and LimeWire. This is a musical wonderland for a kid like me. I can't believe that System of a Down recorded a cover of the Zelda theme. Man, my impressionable young mind is going to assume in good faith that Pitchfork.com's review of Radiohead's Kid A is what constitutes good music writing. I should learn to write like this and then I'll be rich and famous. All right, now it's the late 2000s and I'm in New York and Animal Collective is popular. I'm a student at NYU's Tisch School for Rich Dipshits. I designed my, I designed my own degree in built-to-spill studies. It costs $200,000. Women are intimidated of my knowledge of early pavement seven-inch singles. Speaking of which, my ringtone is Range Life, and it sounds like I'm getting a call on my iPhone 1, which I just got with my parents' money. What? Pitchfork editor-in-chief Ryan Schreiber? You want me to write for your website? You think my stilted prose and strained over-analysis of pop culture ephemera would be a perfect match for your editorial vision? Thank you, Ryan. I won't forget your generosity when I write my chat book. And the only other thing I got so far is like a list of uh, crowd rock songs that inspired hip-hop songs. So like... Not bad. I liked how it followed every bit of minutia in his life, but it could have been longer. <laughs> Jürgen, would you indulge us? There is no indulgence in this life. You're next. I'm the most famous person here tonight. As you know, I did not enter into this world with poetry. Don't tell, to, don't tell me what to do. My autobiographical series, My Personal Holocaust, is... <laughs> 70,000 page entry into the struggle that one man's life is. But it wasn't until I met these other wandering naked souls that I attempted poetry. I'm opening the humiliating labeled G-Doc. Every single thing we do returns us to children naked and screaming until we die. My first poem is called A Summer in Hemstel. <laughs> I do not know how it began. Two men without shirts ever again. You asked me why I became upset. Your nipple was hard on your heartless chest. <laughs> your house of tyrants, your mind of rage crushed my spirit as corn becomes maize. <laughs> I have been on holiday for 19 years <laughs> because on that day you boxed my ears. <laughs> I do not know if we can reconcile. I remember my scrotum on spotless tile. <laughs> God has chosen me as his tortured son. But forever, I must go on. I don't think they're clapping hard enough, so I wanted to give my friend Jurgen a Joseph, little bit extra. Joseph, would you like to go next? The silent stabs of their soft clapping are enough for me. 
No amount of applause will bring you to your bed or your grave happy. I'll keep that in mind. Just, just stop saying like really good. You're saying some really good stuff, and I'm about to go on my phone. Kind of upstageness. Just let, just let, all right. You just go. Can we turn it? Can we? Turn Life his, is upstage, but can death. we turn his mic down? Just <laughs> turn his mic down just a little. Are your eyes welling up? Are you crying? The title of this poem is Are You Crying, Homie? <laughs> homie, oh homie. Are you crying, homie? Oh, homie of mine. Are you crying? Homie, I beg you, look in my eyes. Look in my eyes or I'm gonna punch you in the shoulder. Oh, wonderful homie. Homie, homie, I will quell the rage in your heart. If you have a homie with a heart like a wounded dove, gather the things that your homie loves. Pizza rolls, tea, some Budweiser beer, gym shorts, a gun, and you wipe his tear. If I was a woman, I'd suck you dry. Your toes would curl before you'd bat an eye. I know you, homie. I know what you like. I'd get in the dog position like hut, hut, hike. I'd look like a girl you'd pick up at Hot Topic. Like Avril Lavigne with a bumpet, but also anemic. I'd have that long checkered gloves like Invader Zim girls do. And I'd even get in a cage and I'd bark for you. But I'm just a man. I can't fix you. Homie, oh homie, are you crying, homie? I'm not crying, homie. Leave me alone. It's just some dirt in my eye. Also, my contacts are messing up. I'm not crying, dude. I'll beat your ass. Oh, homie. Yes, homie. Yes, homie. I am crying, homie. I think about the world and all its trouble, its crimson battlefields, its blackened rubble, to the wars in the Middle East, Africa, and J Japan. <laughs> but what can I do? I'm just one man. And as a man, I can only suck and fuck. My nuts are as heavy as a hockey puck. So yes, I'm crying, the world's solutions I lack. And I got a 10-day load burning a hole in my sack. I'll tell literally any woman right now that I love them for sex. I'd lick the floor like a dog right now for merely a text. Even a blurry JPEG, JPEG of a single tit could make me grab my dick with my mitts. I trust you, homie. Next time I nut, this I confide. It's gonna be so much that I'll have to do it outside. I'm going next. Yeah, I got this. Uh, mm, this one's called Apps to Apps, Dust to Dust. <clears throat> We're all matter, but do we all matter? <laughs> the stars have your components. So why do we feel alone? Hint. It's the connections we seek, yet we don't speak for the meek. Who can say those who have nothing are worth nothing? I'm just a boy in my core, terrified of hatred, crime, and war. But what will our greed bring? We let these days go by. Glycerine. <laughs> Uh, 
like when a gun replaces a book. <laughs> Congrats, humanity. Not your best look. No one will help old people cross the street. Instead, we stare at our screens just to read some dumb tweet. We'll Instagram this or snap it if you must. Today, the age of technology. Tomorrow, the age of rust. Are you done? Yeah. Jurgen, Jürgen, will, uh, would you indulge us? It is difficult to follow such a significant bomb or such a boisterous sound box. But this next poem is not about my father. This is about my son. This poem is entitled, A Thoughtless Son. <laughs> 10 million sperm. However many eggs. <laughs> they came together in this carnal maze. One night in Gestad created a life of agony. Your life has since been a great test to me. When you were little, a happy boy. Now you're the tiger, and I am Siegfried. I am Roy. <laughs> when puberty struck, a dictator made. Selling your wraps, not lemonade. <laughs> I spent an hour every week feeding like a bird, beak to beak. I tried to impart all that I knew, but instead, a monster grew. You toil on SoundCloud. You grind on that piff. You called your, you called your album, She Got That Grinch. <laughs> you are a selfish son, my longest suicide. <laughs> you wave your arms as though born through thalidomide. <laughs> Why has God put us here but to suffer? You are my Hitler. Every day I rumble, like Michael Buffer. Amazing, amazing. Simply beautiful. The sharpest barbs in our back that we are pelted with arrows with every day, similar to Jet Li in 2002's Hero, can be the small propulsion that ejects us directionless through the uncaring universe. But in our, in our path, we can leave art. Art about every small thing and argument we ever did, ever in our lives. Most poems are created because of a minor transgression. In many ways, minor transgressions are the greatest transgressions because with a great transgression, the world will listen. For a minor transgression, not even your family. It's almost like we're made to suffer in silence. Just do yours next. Don't yell at Thomas like that. This poem is called... Jack, Jack Kerouac with dreadlocks.
I will vote for literally any woman. <laughs> Wait for applause. Pause and wait for the cheers to stop. <laughs> Look at what you wrote proudly, but do not face the audience. <laughs> After about one to two minutes of cheering, open your mouth so people start to shut up. So desperate to hear the next impossibly wise piece of knowledge I have said. <laughs> Scan the crowd and see if anyone's whispering to each other. If you have to, wait five to ten minutes for everyone to shut the fuck up. <laughs> because I need rapturous silence to deliver the most important poem of all time. The first time in history that a white, male, straight poet has ever been self-aware. <laughs> and because of this and this alone, you deserve more credit than anyone in history. <laughs> With just one line of your poem, you made Maya Angelou look like Frederick Goebbels. <laughs> but with all this newfound power and prestige, the fall could be so hard. I have to fight the dark impulses inside of myself to say or think unwoke things. No one can ever know that I imagined a Latino man named Emmanuel Labor. That goes with me to my grave. <laughs> oh, the people are quiet still. They're waiting for my next line. Mouth agape in reverence, nipples erect. Soft lips in an O shape. Focus, focus, focus. What would the world lose if every white man died other than the mayo industry? Soft laughter, wonder in the heart, slight fear. They want to know what I am capable of. <laughs> By saying this, I'm saying it is okay to kill me. <laughs> By giving permission to be crucified for a greater good, I am selfless. I'm like Jesus on the cross, but without abs. <laughs> and with way more Tumblr posts talking about how I'm weird to girls at parties. The audience right now is watching, are watching Michelangelo sculpt. They're scu he's sculpting David live, and just as he finished the sculpture by putting the finishing vaguely pedophilic touches on David's weird, eerily juvenile dick and balls. <laughs> I can't prove that Michelangelo ended that sculpture on the dick and balls. I just know in my heart, 100%, that that's how it happened. And as I, with my poem, cuss the smooth, hairless balls of the beardless, curly-haired boy man, I deliver my final line. <laughs> to an audience of mostly slack-jawed dullards that don't deserve it. An audience that would, by comparison, make a math rock audience look fuckable. <laughs> I will lie down in a circular spinning leopard print bed, flanked by lamps with red light bulbs in them, and I will remain there and give and give six to seven times a day and be left to the dusty pages of history that there was one man who helped women, and it was me. <laughs> What'd you say? Nothing. Say that, Mike. Uh... I hope Is you all it? enjoyed our poetry presentation. Uh, that's all I got. If you didn't, who can blame you? <laughs> I got to sleep. I am going to go take a nap in the back. I would hope that all of you keep the noise down. My stomach still hurts. <laughs> okay. Joseph Rogan, I feel like we've loved, we've laughed. It was like a Drake song or something. A lot of, a lot of cliches about, you know, we don't have any fake friends up here. So I think we must be Do you need me for anything else? No, I think you can go now. Again, thank you. It was a, it was a great show. It was a great show. I've actually... Um
while I was sitting there, I was writing a review of this show. <laughs> Love these guys. These guys are, are just fantastic. Um, but I want to give you a taste of the review here. Chicago is a drab, affectless city populated by gormless, uncultured slobs and bloatish po bloated Polish halfwits. It's no surprise, then, that E1 Live delivered a dreary, interminable evening of room-temperature white guy comedy that further cements this city's reputation for mediocrity. Before the show, E1 executive producer and four-time Pornhub Freak of the Week Alex Branson stressed to me that the full title of the show should appear in my review as Sold Out Productions Presents, E1 Live and In the House, Totally Outrageous, a request I promptly ignored, not least because of the distracting stench emanating from his beard, which seemed to have two entire egg yolks and an unopened can of hams nesting in it. <laughs> the show opened with a sad sack assortment of sad boy poets stumbling through half-baked verse that seemed unaware of its own mawkishness and glaring misogyny. In the interest of full disclosure, I should clarify that I participated in this part of the show. <laughs> my good personal friend Joseph Rogan, no relation, asked if I would read a poem as a way to promote my forthcoming chat book called Self-Titled, My Life in Music. It might seem like a conflict of interest to send a writer to review his own show, but I assure you I took no joy in participating, nor in reviewing it. If someone sent Shakespeare to review Hamlet, I don't think people would be mad about that. They would be grateful to read more Shakespeare, just as this audience is grateful to hear this review. Anyway, the E1 Live Show then lurched into a segment that featured unscripted horseplay from a bunch of wealthy man-children whose own self-perceived entrepreneurial aptitude was undercut by their infantile sense of humor and clear disdain for good taste and good sense. These guys also just read off their phones for like half the show. They don't know what the fuck they're doing up here. Finally, the show veered clumsily into what could generously be described as its third act, a self-congratulatory and painfully self-referential mishmash of ideas that one can assume was intended as a climax, but in reality provides one last punishing display of theatrical incompetence before the show's merciful and much-delayed ecstasy of its conclusion. If this is the kind of programming the hideout deems suitable for the once great comedy city that used to produce joke juggernauts like Jim Belushi, then I await the day... <laughs> that Lincoln Yards breaks ground and fucks up this shitty trash neighborhood. Again, I want to thank uh, Joseph Rogan, No Relation, great friend. I really enjoyed hearing his poems up here. And uh, now we're going to start the main event here. So thanks for being here. The following is an archived podcast presented by the Branson and Hudson Foundation for Podcast Recovery. This episode is entitled, DiSerono Presents, Lonely at the Top. This is the first and only episode of the podcast. Welcome to episode one. This is why I'm hot. How about a rap? What is up? Yo, what's up, everybody? Mics. Let me get one of those, brother. It's fucking dude. so good to see you, brother. Let's fucking wet this money. All right, let's do this. We got this shit in the bag. Who's fucking ready? <laughs> I think you guys already know who we are. All right? Y'all want to introduce yourselves? My oh, name is Blaze Montgomery. Entrepreneur, businessman, CEO, CFO, general counsel. Those who don't know, I invented a version of intermittent fasting. Y'all know intermittent fasting, right? Y'all right, give it so up for intermittent fasting. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. We don't love intermittent fasting. Why? Because you start out your day, you're hungry before you eat. That slows down your metabolism. So I invented a version of intermittent fasting. You wake up, you have one meal. Then around noon, or your equivalent of noon, you have another. And then after a day of grinding, you have a final third meal. I'm also the owner, CEO, president, chairman of the board, and global brand ambassador for Threshold Unlimited, Limited Ooh. Liability Corporation Gym. It is the world's 
only gym that teaches gun jujitsu. <laughs> a version of mixed martial arts, Brazilian jiu-jitsu and Krav Maga, and the only kind that incorporates a live firearm into training. <laughs> we have trained entertainers like O.J. Simpson, <laughs> Alan Dershowitz, <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein, and Big Lurch. Free Big Lurch. Hey, rest in peace, Big Lurch. Uh, as you guys already know, my name is Andre Funko. <laughs> Not Funko Pop stuff. People keep doing that fucking joke. I swear to God, the nerd shit, I'm going to bust that shit in half if I see it. Andre Funko, I'm the CEO, executive officer of Gold Bars Records. Home to your favorite, like, NBA stupid ass. We <laughs> We got Guns Smoke with the Z. And he won't tell me how to pronounce it, so I'm always guessing. Uh, we got the duo act, duo act of uh, Mr. Next Husband. And we got Mr. Phil's the Brita. <laughs> uh, just signed this great new talent, even. Um, uh, we got like this cute little uh, nine-year-old girl. She's a rapper. Does this all, man. Her name's Pussy Dolezal. <laughs> yes! All right. Um, you guys probably know who I am already. I know you two do. Of course, brother. <laughs> My name is Vase Manifesto. Um, I create experiences. <laughs> Do we, do we form experiences? Do experiences form us? That's my question to the world. John Lennon said, imagine all the people. And that's John exactly Le what I do. John Legend said that? John, John, John Lennon. Who the fuck? The is, late John Lennon. Who the fuck is John Lennon? He was in Wings. He did, yeah, he was... John Lennon, I did not agree with him on everything, but when it came down to it in Russia in 1917, he came the fuck through, beast mode. That's right. You know, you say what you want about John Lennon, but he made the trains run on time, man. That's right, dude. That's right. And I feel like if we had a businessman like John Lennon in the White House, we wouldn't have so many problems today. No, people could say whatever they want about John Lennon. Le Le Lennon. As a father, as a husband, yeah, he may have abused, but he was a great leader and he had great style. Try to get him excited. Talk about John Lennon. Anyway, I'm anyway, glad you guys came. So, like to... I said, it's just how my imagination works. If you've ever seen the movie A Beautiful Mind, starring Russell Brand. It's like I had that same kind of mental condition, but for social creations. You see, like, the numbers. You see likes. You see faves. No, I just see people and humans. Just trying to talk to you, brother. I don't You're see color like you. You're one of the best in the business, all right? Thank you, brother. I don't know what business that is. Like I said, experiences. I know you landed on this yacht with a helicopter... I don't know how you make any of your money, but I respect the hustle and the grind. Essentially, if you wake up every morning, you say something stupid in the mirror, like, let's wet this money. Can you explain let's wet this money? Oh, uh, you got some money? Imagine it dry, crusty, boring, flaky. No, it's just a typo. What? For it, let's get this money. <laughs> okay, I, I was at Destination XL with DJ Khaled. It's not... It's, uh -oh. Hit it again. Sometimes your homies don't Nerd, show up Thomas, for you. Nerd, Thomas, come on. Don't fucking watch this. DJ Khaled, we the best. That should remind y'all, never give up. Right. <laughs> Ever. We stay, that grind. we stay in that grind. If you want to, you can see a picture of a beach. And guess what? That beach exists. <laughs> I'm going to tell, tell you a story about somebody. He grew up, he didn't grow up with a silver spoon in his mouth. He grew up with a fucking holocaust in his mouth. You know what his name was? Magneto. Did he let that shit get him down? No. He moved metal. He moved coin. Now we can all move coin. Y'all here? You know what? So, so I'm just really glad that you guys all chose to come and get on this yacht and we're heading straight for international waters. 
You just All wait right. to see what we got prepared for y'all. You got. Wait, I mean, I, I I know the tickets were a little on the up it's end, illegal. but that's because we only want ballers here. All right. We got the entire cast of the Vanderpump Rules. We, we got- have the. In- that's right. The- we got Jax, Jamie, everybody, Stassi, right. we Lala. We have the entire Assad family. <laughs> All of them. We got we got Lauren Conrad and Spencer Pratt. She got into an argument with Meher al-Assad. <laughs> Who will also be joining us. Right. So I'm glad you guys all got on the boat. We're headed for international waters. We're glad you all could join us. We're headed to international waters because my boy, P. Diddy, hooked us up. We have some illegal blackface that we're going to try in international waters. Yeah! Something I've always wanted to try. You know, before, be- We're pairing up. We paired up with him. We paired up uh, Sean Combs. Our good friend Sean, and he—it uh, cost us a little bit of money, but he gave all three of us a hood pass. We can now say the N-word. We're not going to, but it's just—it's nice to know we have that power. Well, we yeah, we say like, it behind closed doors. You guys don't get to hear it, but he—that was in the—that was a closet. Bro, it's like a fucking gun. It's the most valuable thing you hope you never have to use. <laughs> so. Now that I have everybody here and everybody knows what we're doing, all right, I got some rules for the boat. I got some rules for everyone that we're going to follow while we're on this boat. They're meant to be broken, brother. Yeah, they're going to get broken when we get to international waters. You start early. We currently have four F-35s driven by ICE agents surrounding our boat. (laughs) (laughs) And once we get to that international water, they got to go back. So the rules, we got to follow till then. All right, rule number one for y'all. There is absolutely no smoking on the boat. That is unless you are smoking a jewel or a vape or marijuana or a cigar or a cigarette. Other than that, you cannot smoke. Absolutely nothing else can be smoked on this boat unless it's K2, cocaine, crack, crack cocaine, or PCP, a.k.a. angel dust. Rule number two, there's absolutely no littering or throwing your trash into the ocean. A lot of people don't know it, but trash has been collecting in the open ocean for years now and has become a big island of trash ready to set out some kind of ecological disaster. We got an island floating in the Pacific Ocean made of plastic about the size of Israel. This island is called Australia. So if y'all have trash or anything like that, we got special guests that will be coming by. Y'all paid for this that will come by to help you with this, right? That's right, folks. We got the uh, we got the Thai cave boys coming in. Ooh, let's give it up for you them. You can see them. They're in the see back them there. In the back right there. They got their uh, they got their trash bags, they got their brooms and uh absolutely, you know, you can talk to them and stuff like that, but you know, when I was in the gym with Paul Manafort before his trial, <laughs> You know, training him, we had on a 24-hour live stream of the cave to keep him motivated. And then shout it out, shout out to our boy Elon, Elon Musk. Oh, shout he out! He made Elon. that cool little. He took that beer keg and he wanted to put kids in it yeah. and say that it would save them. And then he t- and then he didn't use it, so he called all the divers pedophiles, yeah. which is, you know, the just most a, baller move that's of a all pimp time. Move. It's a classic 101 pimp move. You, you, think you don't want to use my stupid billionaire keg machine? Well, fuck you. You fuck. We want to fuck these kids. That's what he was saying. Yeah. You know what? And maybe you, they do. You know what the difference between can't rich, prove that they don't. That's exactly it. You know what the difference between rich and wealthy is? Rich is like, oh, uh, I spent $100 on this. I won't spend less than $300 on anything. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know what wealthy is? I don't care if I get sued for libel. Pretty good timing on that. Elon Musk came in with his little sardine can that he wanted to stuff kids into and shoot them through a bunch of narrow rocks. Elon's cool because he's one of those guys that's been on his grind. He came from nothing. He came from a family. They just owned emerald mines in Africa. (laughs) Barely any slaves. Grassroots. He's a real hustler. He left his two-day... He left his PhD program at Stanford after two days because it was too hard for him, and he became an entrepreneur. You know what an entrepreneur is? A hustler, someone that goes for that grind, that dream. What he does now 
he's a billionaire. He gets fucked up and drunk, and he tweets about, you know, Rick and Morty. It's fucking the dream. He gets mad at the news. That shit's fucking tight. He got jaundice in his neck. That's why it's so big. Am I wrong? And he's dating that cool little cute little pixie girl from Canada. Yeah, he's dating the Wendy's girl. She's all grown up now. Don't groan. Don't get mad at us. This is international waters. Almost. Well, we're almost there. We're, we're almost there. All right, rule number three. Absolutely no guns. Only we are allowed to have guns. We are all armed carrying guns. I personally have the most baller gun of all time. The gun for men in black, the noisy cricket. I got this on dark web, sold to me. He said, if you ever try to use it, you're going to die. Shout out to our boy John McAfee for hooking it up. <laughs> Rest in peace, brother. I'm telling you, the kind of... The kind of power I feel when, I, when, I, when, I, when I'm holding the noisy cricket, man. I feel like Black Michael Jordan. And I will not you hesitate. Like, you look like white Kevin James, though. <laughs> Thanks. I will not hesitate to use this gun if I deem anything a threat. Here's what I consider a threat. A dog barking. A champagne cork popping. People using or attempting to use the bathroom. My close personal friend, Suge Knight. Anyone bringing any outside alcohol aboard the boat. The air horn in a rap song. Anyone that is ever mean to me is declaring instant war on me for all of my life, and I reserve the right to ex execute them thusly. Quick, uh, quick Hollywood note that you guys might not know. Uh, Suge Knight, Suge is a nickname. His full name is Sugar. What is, what's Knight short for? Rule number four. In the case of an emergency, P. Diddy has a helicopter on standby. It is equipped with a minigun, a flat screen TV, and a Blu-ray of the Warcraft movie. It only seats three, but we promise, we promise it's going to be a random lottery to see who gets on the three-seated minigun Warcraft movie P. Diddy helicopter. You will be tested for uh, tetanus before getting on the, plane, the helicopter. He wouldn't tell us why. You will be tested for HPV. If you if have positive, it. you yeah. get to ride it. As everyone knows, dudes, dudes cannot get HPV, so we will be going to the front of the line. HPV also stands for human pimp virus. <laughs> Absolutely no photos are to be taken. Photos and selfies must be done after a cash transaction with proper security and authorities. Any violations of these rules will be met with people being forced to walk the plank. I spent over $100,000 to get a plank built by Vineyard Vines, and there's literally no way... I'm not going to use that plank. So everybody thinks that these rules are just for show. I spent six figgies flat on a Vineyard Vines plank, and I'm going to fucking use it. Is that it? Rule number six. Of course, all of these rules are invalid after we reach international waters, where I fully expect there to be a Tom Hanks Captain Boat movie scenario with scary pirates that want to be captains. Of course, this is why I've rigged the yacht to explode with tactically applied C4 to the bottom of the ship. I have a kill switch detonator wired directly to my heart. And if I die, I will be the, chauff the chauffeur that will take you to all of the hells you deserve. Other than that, have fun. Get some drinks. We got bars back there and stuff like that. Get loose. You got all celebrities walking around. Get a meet and greet. We're also leave yet because you got to listen to what we have to say. And Vase, what do we have to say? One second. Work for my phone. I'm on the, I'm on the go. Oh, all who's the time. blowing you up right now? Is that our boy HW? French Stewart. <laughs> Yo, while you guys figure this shit out, I gotta take a break from the boat. 
Jay-Z is working on a new concept album about the movie Equilibrium, and I have to train him. Yes. I'll catch you guys during the year zero portion of the evening. Peace. Let's get it. Go get your money, man. Now, I want, to, I want to talk a little bit of something. You know, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm always grinding. I'm always getting involved with projects. Hey, Vase, don't be shy. Get in over here. Huh? Get in over here. I'm good. <laughs> I've recently come together with Amazon. Just Shout make sure boy Bezos. He's a little bald guy with weird eyes. White Jeff Bezos in the house. White Jeff Bezos. He's not here, but he isn't here in spirit. We came, to create, came together to create a mattress for creators. It's called Nap, and it's a monthly subscription where every month they will send you a new mattress made with micro-sequence fiber beads that are engineered to shape your body to sleep the same way the Sherpas sleep when they take people up to Mount Everest. Think about that. It's only $2.99 a month. That's hundos. And it requires a credit score of at least 730 to qualify. <laughs> So check them out. I mean, honestly, that's the biggest baller move you could ever do. A new mattress every single week. It eliminates all problems like bed bugs, which I know a lot of guys Cleaning have. Cleaning it. Changing the sheets. That thing stinks. You could do whatever you want. It. You could piss. You could shit. I mean, if you have to. You could just do it because it's yours. And in a month, you get a fresh new one. Or you could flip it over. Or you could spin it upside down. Then you don't have to smell that stain. Well, I'd like to talk to y'all. I know a lot of people are coming by asking Hollywood stories and stuff like that. And I'd like to talk about, and you know crazy. them too. Get a little crazy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my good personal friend, Suge Knight, and the relationship we've had for the longest time. And I just two spoke, years. I just, well, I just spoke to him, him on the phone. Ago. And the thing a lot of people don't know about Suge is he's always playing pranks on people. <laughs> he he's just like Bart Simpson of Red. Right, right. So... Suge calls me, and he's just like, what's up, bitch? Because that's how we talk to each other. It's just, like, just friend stuff. Like, what? And then I call him sir. Like, he wants to. Like, he told me to call him sir. So it's like, that's his nickname for me, is bitch, and I call him sir. <laughs> Why are you looking like that? It's fine. What's up? No, don't worry about it. Anyway, so Suge's telling me, listen, Black Flanders, the hottest track of the summer, I need the royalties to that bitch. And then you're going to come over and you're going to wash my ditches, dishes. And I'm like, Suge, I'm not going to do that. Does he have a moat? Yeah, he's got a moat. He's got a moat. Suge Knight has a moat. You know this. You've been to his house. We we watched the Overwatch League championships at Suge Knight's house. And he was watching on that big projector screen from 1999. We had to to support our good friend uh, DJ Khaled who was on the uh, stage at the Overwatch League finals, and he was kind of like running around doing circles, like kind of a Looney Tunes thing, like he's trying to run fast. Whoop, 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 whoop. And uh, everybody really dug it, because he didn't really rap, he just kind of yelled his own songs, and it was really good. He but so, yell the title. Right. It's cool. Yeah. And, and so Shug's telling me that I need to give him those, those things, the, the, the rights to the song. And, you know, he's joking around more, says, if you don't give it, I'm going to kill you and stuff like that. And he shows up six hours later to my house, knocking on the door. And, you know, I'm thinking this is the old game of hide and seek that me and Suge Knight like to play. And I'm hiding down around there. He's busting through my house, waving his gun. I'm like, man, sir is crazy. And then you call me on the phone and you're, I asked you if you were sobbing. You said you weren't. I could hear you sniffling, and you could barely get your words out. Uh, allergies, you know phlegm. how it is. You know how those California sun allergies, man? It, well, you were saying, Shug, don't hurt me, me, Shug. And then, you know, the blue, 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 blue type style of, like, 50s cartoon crying. Yeah, blue, 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 blue. That's... So what happened then? I gave him the song. You sold him. You sold him rights to Black Flanders. Uh, I'd like to change the subject real quick. A good friend of Gold Bars Records, my record company, has passed away. Yes. And he's a good friend of NBA Stupid Ass, who was recently gunned down by Chicago police. 
I have hired famous nerd Thomas Kincaid Jr. to come up here for Vice and read a short eulogy to a close personal friend of mine. I was really hoping to be here under uh, more positive circumstances, you know. Um, we... I'm happy to have you, Thomas, have this eulogy for us, but honestly, brother, this shit's kind of too heavy for me. I got a dip. I'm going to check out what the hot tub within the hot tub is like. And I'll get you guys later. I checked it out earlier. Actually, I broke my glasses in it. and Everyone was making fun of me. I'm going to go look to see if I can find any condoms and then throw them in the ocean because nobody needs that shit. <laughs> so as you've heard, NBA stupid ass's good friend Zbigniew New the Plug was gunned down by a Chicago Police Department officer, Joey Prosboziak. What the? No, 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 none of this, none of this. Pussies, dicks, whatever fucking parts on the fucking pavement right now. We're not what doing you, it like this. What are you doing on this yacht, dude? What the fuck are you giving an 8.2 to Father John Misty for, asshole? Which record, dude? Love you, honey bear, cocksucker. Well, it's not very good. Not a very good record, man. His first one was much better. Oh my god, you are fucking. You are so fucking lucky. This thing is being live streamed. Swear to fucking God. Yeah, well, we're lucky, too, that you were wearing a body camera when you iced Zbigniew new to plug. Yeah, and chat fucking loved it. Subscriptions and bits were going off. All right, so how are we going to handle this here? All right, well, you clearly got, you, you got... You got your fucking fake news version of the story. I can tell you what really happened. People who say that Pitchfork.com is fake news are the worst kind of people in this country. I think it's people who disrespect police officers. All right, all right. Well, the audience will be the judge. One fateful November day in 1963, a nation was shaken to its core as President John Here F. Kennedy go. fell Violins. victim to one of the all-time great no-scope headshots. <laughs> a generation was traumatized. Nearly 55 years later, millennials must plumb the depths of this familiar sorrow for themselves. Polish-American rapper Zbigniew to plug is dead at age 17. America first met Zbigniew in NBA Stupid Ass's Black Flanders video as the wily rapscallion smearing mustard on a whole onion and biting into it like an apple. <laughs> they came to know NBA's protege for his ribald rhymes and wit as sharp as a gun blade. The Falstaffian merry prankster seemed indefatigable in life. That is why, for so many fans, the video footage released today is so shocking. All right, well, Do we want to yeah, First, talk about first of all, or? Kennedy was killed by Black Lives Matter. Second of all... <laughs> I will read. I, I, have, I have nothing to hide. I'm going to read my shooting report. Well, can I give my account what I've seen oh, on, yeah, the, yeah, on no, the footage? No, on you, the go, footage? you go first. You go fucking first. All right. Officer Joey Prosboziak is known in Chicago as CPD's officer with the most arrests under the influence, most DUIs while on duty, and most dog headshots. The tapes show the officer trailing his victim to a Northside well in Schiller Park. Zbigniew, like millions of other Polish people in the Chicagoland area, believed that drinking water from this well was the key to a long life and could even make him immortal. Sadly, we will never be able to test his theory because now he is dead. Officer Prosboziak stepped out of his patrol car as Zbigniew raised a gold-plated gas tank to the pump to fill with magic fountain of youth water. The officer, wielding his club, bashes in both of Zbigniew's taillights, then both of his front taillights. Then he fired round after round into the hood of his 2019 Rolls-Royce Wraith until it exploded Grand Theft Auto style. At this point, Zbigniew patiently explained his displeasure with the officer's actions. Zbigniew was merely trying to enjoy a cool drink of water, but Officer Prosboziak seemed to have a thirst for something more sinister. Blood. First of all, you don't need... Okay. This is on record... I got nothing to hide. We got a any officers up call at 1,600 hours, which is approximately 4,700 seconds after lunch. Where is Chicago? There they are. There they are. You boys, glad no, you guys are gonna see the truth too. where a Chicago-style Polish was consumed, accompanied by four old styles. Since Officer Pierogi consumed approximately two times the acceptable lunch limit, he used his remaining paid-off time from the shooting of Wet Eric to tactically return home, 
leaving me to engage in solitary ops for the aforementioned call, which was directed in the direction of the high crime area of Polish downtown. <laughs> Upon follow-up, dispatch told me this was an Amber 311, meaning that, meaning that a perp was brandishing a Polish cavalry lance in public. Anticipating kinetic-style combat, I pulled over my car, outfitted myself with the modified AN-94 combat rifle, an energy sword, and equipped my Majolner power armor. I then consumed an M43, also known as Cop Monster, a, a refreshing mix of monster rehab and ice-cold beer that will dole an officer's anxieties while amping up their reflexes for potentially deadly scenarios. I don't want to buy... I, I have another show I was supposed to be fucking doing. I was supposed to be doing Blue Lives Magic, a tribute to cop visibility and Polish excellence. Now you got me here. You got me fucking explaining myself. That's, that's really rich to have a show about Polish excellence when you have murdered a young Polish man in the city of Chicago. I don't want our community to keep killing each other. Well, it would seem that that's at odds with your actions, dude. He was in danger. You want to hear he was fucking endangering people. I don't believe that he was endangering people. He was a wily rapscallion. He was eating onions with mustard on them. When I arrived on the scene, I ascertained through visual awareness tactics <laughs> that the suspect, Zbigniew Deplug, a known associate of NBA stupid ass, was waving his 17th century cavalry lance around, informing innocent bystanders that he was feeling like the white Kajusku and threatening them with impalement. I attempted verbal operations by informing the perp there is no need for more Polish on Polish violence. We are brothers of the same screen door. All right. I think, you know how rappers are, man. They're playing around with lances. They're out there, you know. It's all, it's all in fun. It's not like he actually meant to harm anybody. Let me... You go ahead. All right, all right, all right. Let me say the culture that I grew up in. That's what we do at pitchfork.com, actually. We're, <laughs> we, you can see that we're like a little conflicted about it, but we kind of like, we go for it anyway. But then I we, understand. The details of the case are ghastly. The facts are damning. However, big News fans don't want to remember the young rapper for Officer Prosboziak's deeds but instead for his own singular artistic achievements, of which there were many. Zbigniew and NBA Stupidass were friends long before their first SoundCloud upload, but Zbigniew's presence in NBA's posse was more about personality than his skill on the mic. His role was more like that of a Norse, the Norse trickster god Loki than, say, a different god better known for his rapping ability. <laughs> Surprisingly, the only recorded verse in his career uh, is, is as follows. Um, he only recorded one verse, but his fans... It'll be forever etched in their minds. Uh, on the track Paddington Bear Swag Part 2 Grinch Grabbers Remix, he memorably intoned, She S my D on the freeway. Skirt! Make every day feel like payday. Money! Caught a case, but I kicked it like Pele. Woo! I got money. I'm never going to die. <laughs> These words are now burdened with a tragic irony. His shocking death, a sad rejoinder to his insistence on immortality. His indelible story of getting head on the freeway is at once ephemeral and eternal. These bars read as the mission statement of a delinquent libertine, one whose name was written in water and yet a rap legend all the same. And here we see the central irony of his brief life. Only in death could his, he achieve immortality through verse. I feel that. like I ate just an entire fucking sausage casing filled with water. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Here's him achieving immortality, okay? I then attempted to complete my tactical detente by playing the Polish national anthem, also known as the American national anthem, played backwards. At this point, the suspect, under the psychotic influence of K2 Spice, entered a disrespectful, a disrespectful and dangerous combat kneel. Fearing for my son getting even fatter and more ungrateful due to growing up in a fatherless home, I initiated a charge up with my energy sword. Effortlessly pushing a child out of his way on my righteous path of cop victory. 
The suspect's brains were splattered on my CPD warthog tactical tricycle, leaving the matter of an errant pit bull, also known as a Polish retriever. Fearing any potential children being harmed by the combat jaws of this perpendicular canine, I mounted the Gauss gun on the back of my vehicle and instantly vaporized the barking perp. At this point, I tactically opened my phone to write my shooting report. Wanting to see the status of my game on Clash of Kings, the Throne of Swords, I opened my game to make sure no progress was lost during my selfless act of everyday heroism. Therein, Kate Upton, the spokeswoman for this game, who is a little on the heavy side, but I am not the kind of guy who even cares about that. Really, at all. It's, I like it when, yeah, you get it. Addressed me, Officer Joey Przbosiak, personally, saying it was time for me to conquer her realm. Amen. And that's how it went down. All right, well, clearly we're divided on the significance of this event, but I think we're going to let the people decide and the court decide when this case goes to trial. All right, you know what? It's like uh, Blue October said, hate me now, hate me today. But you need that, you need that hated man on that wall. When they come charging over the wall with their cavalry lances, with their submarines ill-prepared for actually going underwater... To their rockets going to the sun and back. You want me on that wall. You know what? I'm opposed to everything you stand for, but that was pretty poetic. You should actually freelance for Pitchfork, dude. If you need to... After you get, I am WGA Midwest. After you get taken off the force, once you're taken off the force and get like unlimited paid leave, uh, you know, I might think about a freelance writing career. You know, I've been known to write words for money for places, you know. Well, I, uh, you know, I, my introvert really comes out when it's time to email editors. <laughs> I can do it. We're not that different, you and me. But I'm going to keep writing shit about you online that's extremely fiercely negative. Oh, yeah, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep killing rappers. <laughs> Until they stop letting me. All right, well, we'll see how this one plays out in court. So be it. Quoth, quoth the officer, nevermore. I'm just glad we could wind up here on a, on a positive, dignified note. DJ Khaled, we the best! Black Flanders, Black Flanders, Black We're being attacked! It's the villains, Black Flanders, Black Flanders, Black Flanders I feel like Black Flanders I'm not black but I feel like Black Flanders I got the clip like Atlanders Black Flanders, Black Flanders, Black Flanders I feel like Black Flanders Black Flanders, Black Flanders, Black Flanders I feel like Black Flanders I'm not black but I feel like Black Flanders I got the clip like Atlanders Black Flanders, Black Flanders, I feel like Black Flanders I'm not a racist, I'm not Bernie Sanders I drink a gallon of lean, now I feel good I fentanyl, now I'm so happy I'm popping the Zanny and Bucum the I'm still gonna try the robbery, just watch me. I'm smoking a blunt in the lamb. I try to be sober, I can't though. No.